Over 30 years of serving the Arizona homeowner. 13 years in a row ranking Arizona's best referral network. RosieOnTheHouse.com Protecting you, informing you, and educating you. It's Rosie on the House. Every Arizona homeowner's happy place right here Saturday morning at my house. It's Rosie on the house. Now we're here to give you information on your favorite subject, your two favorite subjects, you and your house. We've been voted Arizona's number one homeowner resource and contractor referral directory for 14 years in a row. Now, I don't want you to even think about touching your house until you touch base with us here at Rosie on the House. And for Arizona homeowners, all the information is free. And it's the compilation of 48 years of building and remodeling homes in the great state of Arizona. The way you participate with the show, give us a ring. Let us know what you're trying to work on, what you're trying to get done. Whether you're trying to do it yourself or you're trying to find an appropriate contractor to get it done for you, call us. We can help you. 1-888-767-4348. Easy way to remember that. 1-888-ROSIE, R-O-S-I-E, the number four and the letter U. 1-888-ROSIE for you because that's what we are. We are here for you. Allow me the privilege of putting my building and remodeling experience to work for you at your house, wherever you are. Wherever you are in the great state of Arizona, I've probably been there. And whatever you're trying to do, I've probably tried it once or twice. So let me put my experience to work to help you out. one 767 And on that note... Yes. You know, it seems like every day of the year we have a national something or other day, you know, national trim your tree day or all that. Well, today, (laughs) folks, this is appropriate. It's National Roof Over Your Head Day. Whoa. If you have food in your fridge, clothes on your back, a roof over your head, and a place to sleep, you are richer than 75% of the world. How about that? How about that? Wow. Thank Mm -hmm. you, Lord. Thank Thank you. Wow. Well, and I I understand it's also National Handyman Day. Really? <laughs> so go figure. So boy, this would be a great time for y'all to jump on board, jump online, and let's celebrate Roof Over Your Head Day and National Handyman Day. One triple eight seven six seven forty three forty eight. Jennifer and I just spent a week in uh, our nation's capital, Washington D.C. That's always an inspiring trip. It I never get there where I don't tear up around some corner or some vision or some museum. Well, and there's always something more to see. You know, we were up on on a deck looking out over the city, and I looked out and thought, wow, look at that big cathedral. I don't think we've ever done that before. So we ended up an extra day, and everybody said, what do you want to do? I said, I want to go see the cathedral. So we thought we'd walk in and just look up and go, oh, that's really great. That's really pretty. We were there for three hours. We hit it just right, got a great tour, Got to hear the organ play, 10,000 pipes in that thing. We got to hear it play. and um, we're, we're, we, we're, All the floors were open. We got to look out on the deck. We got to go under and look at the chapels underneath. It was phenomenal. It was truly inspiring. We were getting ready to leave, and then one of the docents said, we're going to have an organ demonstration in just about 20 minutes. So uh, that was 
That was a no-brainer. Okay, let's find something else to do for 20 minutes and get the Oregon demonstration. But I, I have to confess, Jennifer, as impressive as the building was and the history of the building, uh, the scaffolding. <laughs> the oh, scaffold- man. You have to have that, nerves of that, steel, Gary. No, I mean, to tell you, you would have to have nerves of steel. Well, the, there was an earthquake in D.C. like 11 years ago, and it caused like $34 million worth of damage to the cathedral. Really? And they still have the caf- scaffolding. There's still people out there working. But what the finials at the very, very top came off, so there's scaffolding. I mean, it makes me sick just looking at it. <laughs> now, is this interior or exterior? Exterior. exterior. Oh, oh, my gosh. Add that to the <laughs> to the puzzle. But it's, it, a, it's it was a 14th a, century English Gothic look. I mean, it looks like you're going into, and I thought it was really old. It looks like it's really old. But it's not. It was started in 1907. 83 years later in 1990, they finished it. And it's just, I mean, the, the stained glass movie. and everything is just phenomenal. The The main centerpiece um, stained glass is 10,000 pieces, represents creation, and, uh, and it's 26 feet high. It's beautiful. It is. And you can take an elevator up and walk a platform that gives you 360 degrees view all the way around the area. So National Cathedral, it was we had been there once before, but it was on a series of stops when we toured the Mm -hmm. entire city. And we were only able to spend about 15 or 20 minutes there. You walk in and leave. Uh But this was a three hour uh, immersion day. Yes, it was great. Can I just say about that? If you're interested in that, online at the National Cathedral, it's it's just cathedral.org. They have a series of um, tours on YouTube where you can see it for yourself. So if you can't go and you want to see it, go online. And this is the National Cathedral where the president would show up for, say, Christmas Mass Mm -hmm. or Christmas celebration. Exactly. Oh, man. It's impressive. Uh, And then we went up into what was the old post office and then got turned into Trump Tower. Now it's a... um, Ritz Carlton, I think, and you can take the elevator up, and that's a beautiful mm-hmm. overlook. With the lines, uh, how long did we wait to get up there? Nothing. Yeah, and how long would we have waited to take a ride up at the Washington Monument? Hours. Yeah, if you <laughs> so, can get tickets. Yeah, so, yeah, so it was a, it's a great, great uh, way to get to see the city. All right, so that was our trip to D.C. We're always happy to be home. We spent Thanksgiving there with our baby daughter Carol Grace, who has relocated there with her husband. Dr. J, Mr. Jordan Vore. So we had a great, great time and had another daughter, Julia, bring her kids and her husband over from Chicago. So it was like a mini Romero family reunion, Thanksgiving, all of us crammed into a 600-square-foot apartment. That's right. <laughs> the kitchen wasn't big enough to do turkey in five courses, so we did etouffee and gumbo. It was delicious. It worked. <laughs> Didn't need a lot of counter space. Well, no, yeah. no, that's right. <laughs> One of the things we do here at Rosie on the House is uh, to continue to earn the position of Arizona's favorite uh, home improvement resource is we publish a newsletter that goes out every single Thursday. You can click on our website, rosieonthehouse.com, and subscribe. And we send out a letter on Thursday that kind of gives you a clue as to what we're going to be covering every week on the broadcast. So you can kind of mark your calendar if it's something of particular interest. And the last couple weeks, we've been talking about uh, on our website, it's like an encyclopedia. Uh, We've been doing this show for 35 years. And we've taken, uh, I I think it's over 13,000 questions live on air. 
all the answers to those questions live on that website. And so we go in there. Uh, I say we. I'm, I'm being He's really <laughs> generous with that word, we. Jen Gura the on team. our staff yes. Thank you. Go, goes into the website, in the back of the website, and she sends us information about what people are hitting on the most often. So about October, I said, Jen, why don't you tell me of all the thousands of pages we've got on that website, what are the 10 things people hit on the least? Um, And I want to take a look at those and see if there are any that really need to be impressed upon the Arizona homeowners as more important than they obviously think it is. So last week we did. We started the process by covering five things that are on our website that y'all need to be spending more time looking at. Number one, how to safely wash, power wash wood. And the conversation there is, should you even do it? So go and take a look at it. We know a lot of people that use power washing as prep for painting on wood surfaces. And if you're of that ilk, you need to see this article. What do I need to do about choosing caulk? You know, y'all don't ever go to the hardware store where you don't take a little turn down the caulk aisle. How how come there are 300 different types of caulk stacked up on the shelves? Well, there's a reason for that. Don't just go in there and pick the first caulk you see. They're all specially designed for special things. How about should I replace or refinish my cabinets? Y'all really need to take a look at this. And right now might be a great time to do it if you're considering a kitchen or bathroom remodel. Because one of the things that have taken the biggest hit in remodeling scheduling right now is cabinet manufacturing. There are only a couple cabinet manufacturers who have been able to keep up with the demand and um, not be challenged by supply side uh, challenges. So saving the cabinet you have uh, is a very, very good option if they're worth saving. So y'all need to be thinking about that. Not only can it save a lot of time, but it has the potential of saving quite a bit of money. How can I protect myself from gypsy contractors? Jennifer, how many phone calls a month do we take on people who have been taken advantage of? Quite a few. It's, Quite a it's, few. It's, they tell us they listen to us all the time, and then they choose they choose somebody who knocks on their door, and, and, and we can't do a whole lot for them except cry with them and try to direct them. But yeah, just we have and we have great resources for that on the website. How to choose a contractor. So, and so. then we've got a segment, uh, the uh, least asked question. Y'all aren't checking my recipe for cooking a great steak. And that's, a, that's a huge mistake. So the story on where the recipe came from and the recipe itself is all right there on the website at rosellnows.com. When we get back, we'll be talking about questions 6 through 10. I just shared with you 1 through 5. We'll go 6 through 10. In a little more detail. When yeah. we get and in a lot more detail. Thank you for tuning in to Rosie on the House, where we're here for you. And apparently you must be very happy just sitting in your chair drinking your second cup of coffee because our phone lines are completely open. And if you'd like to join the conversation, we would welcome the question, one 767 4348 You would call and we'd get you on air. We would 
ask that you would ask your question. I'll answer it to the best of my ability, and we will be educating in that process, not only you, but the tens of thousands of people that are tuned in every single Saturday. So your question not only helps you, it helps every listening Arizona homeowner. Well, and they can trust that you're going to treat them kindly. Sometimes people are like, I don't want to go on air. It's like, are you kidding me? Rosie's so easy to talk to. So, hey, you want to keep going on these questions? Uh, Yes, the 10 most least asked (laughs) or referenced questions on the Rosie on the House website that you these 10 need to move up because they're important. Yeah, so that was a really uh, good idea to kind of look back through. So number six, simple water conservation tips for home, work, and school. What's in that article? What's in that article? So if you if you get the um, our newsletter on there, you'll find a blog, and on that blog for this week is a link to each of these topics we're talking about. It goes back to that question and answers it for you. So you can find it all kinds of ways. I mean, you really can. And the thing we would like to share with you all about water conservation, we here at Rosie on the House feel a little bit different about it than what you may hear from a lot of the media, both locally and nationally. In our recent trip to Washington, D.C., uh, I got asked multiple times, uh, when, when is Arizona going to lock the door and not let anybody else move in? When are all y'all going to move out? When are y'all going to run out of water? I mean, it was on the top of everybody's mind when they found out we were from Arizona. And the interesting thing I want y'all to know about is in 1957, Arizona had about 1.2 million people, okay? Today, we're currently north of seven, seven and a half million people. You know, in all of that time, with the inflow of another six million people, do you realize the state as a whole is using the same amount of water as we were using in 1957? And it's because of the ingenuity of the Arizona homeowners, and the foresight of the Arizona forefathers. So I would tell you that every one of you can easily save 10% of your water bill, easily, if you would just think about it, a couple minutes a month, okay? And if we could all save 10%, we would be allocating and storing and saving enough water for the next one million people to move here. You know, it's really a cool tool for that is um, I signed up for the Water Use It Wisely text. Okay. So just this week, I got a text that, hey, weather's cooler, less demand, go out there and fix it. You know, go out there and adjust it. So it's just really a great reminder because sometimes we just don't even think about it. But we need, we do need, not that water's not an issue, we do need to be mindful. And so that's just one really easy way. Just go to waterusewisely.com. And my number one tip on saving water is look outside your house. If you want to save 10%, it's the landscaping and the irrigation, which generally accounts in swimming pool, which generally accounts for about 60 to 80% of your water bill. If you're going to save 10%, chances are finding that 10% savings could be much easier for you to find right outside the back door where the irrigation box and the irrigation timer clock is located. And so if you go to that article, it'll also give you more tips than that. It'll give you, and it just talks about the need to teach our children too. So it gets, I mean, I remember being having that drilled in my brain as a kid, you know, don't let the 
water run while you're brushing your teeth or, you know, what all the different things, little things you can do to save water inside. So oh, that well, needs to be programmed. Science early. class, Chaparral High School, 1972. The professor was just insistent that none of us let the water run while we're shaving. Okay. In high school? <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. I wasn't shaving then, so I didn't even know what he was talking about. <laughs> we have time for one more? Yes, we do. Okay. How often, this is a good one, this is a really important one for right now, too. It is. How often should I replace my fire extinguisher in my home? Sometimes in our homes we kind of hide them because we don't look at them, put them under the sink or out in the garage, and we forget about them. And I think everybody knows if you've ever been in a situation where you had to use it, it needs to be replaced. <laughs> so, so if you had to squirt once or twice to kill a little grease fire or something, that fire extinguisher is had. Go ahead and replace it. Okay? I did not know that. And we generally tell people um, there's a dial that tells you if it's still fully charged or not. I don't trust the dial after about 10 years. Fire extinguishers aren't that expensive. Go ahead and replace them about every 10 years. So there's a couple of the questions that uh, are on our website that don't necessarily get asked or visited as often as they should be. Um, and I see some signals there. I'm just letting you know that we got three calls. We do. So after bottom of the hour. Yeah, let's hour, take them at the bottom of the yeah, hour. Bottom we'll, of the hour, yeah. we'll get to you. Don't leave us. We're gonna we're gonna jump out to uh, uh, bottom of the hour commercials here. Uh, and as you as you may have heard, you regular listeners, you you probably already figured this out. Uh, Romy's not with us today. Uh, he is actually in Las Vegas. His daughter again uh, qualified for the national toughest. Rodeo. She's a tough girl. She's a tough girl. So they're up there competing all of this week. Uh, good luck to Miss Roxy. Go get them, girl. Uh, so uh, I'm in charge of pushing the buttons in the studio this week. Gary's in the next engineering room sweating blood bullets because of that. <laughs> what what button is he going to hit next yeah. at the wrong moment, at the wrong time? No, the no, right... I'm focused. It's just when you're fielding calls and trying to hit your marks here, man. We it appreciate gets a little crazy. it. We so, appreciate it. And uh, line three, uh, I'll get to you in just a second. All right. Okay. There you go. So we're here at Rosie on the House for you. We've got callers lining up, and we'll jump to them right after these breaks when we get back that's a solemn promise from Rosie Sounding good this morning. Gary, let's get to some of these folks that have been on hold just a few short minutes. Let's see if we can go to Alex on line one. Bring Alex into the conversation. Welcome him to my house. Good morning, Alex. Good morning, Rosie. What you up to, my friend? Um, driving out to a picnic with some friends. Oh, good day for that. Yeah. So I had a question for you about some electrical contracting. Um, my wife and I once upon a time had some significant work done on our house. And for that process, we just simply hired a, a general contractor and, and he took care of everything, you know, subcontracted out all the different various jobs that needed to be done. Things were done great. We loved it. And we were really looking forward to that same kind of experience 
Um, we need, we'd like to get our house rewired because the, the wiring is just medieval. It, you know, the outside outlets will trip the inside stuff. You can't run the microwave and the air fryer together or else it trips things. So we want to get it all redone. However, we're having a real hard time finding an electrical contractor that will also take care of finding a drywall guy and a painting guy. And we've reached out to some general contractors and they say, you know, a $15,000 job to rewire a house is just too small. And so they're not really, that's not really what they do. Right. And so we're just, we just really wanted to, to find out, are, are we just in the wrong market? Is that not, oh, how can no. we find that general contractor, that one guy that'll do it all and do a quality job too? Well, uh, I'm going to tell you that you're probably going to be in line to do two contractors. Okay. Let's get okay. the let's get the electrician there and let's get our quote and let's get a full understanding of what is broken, what needs to be fixed, and what's going to be necessary to get it repaired. It's amazing what these electricians can do uh, with the experience in remodeling uh, that they can do it without causing a lot of damage. So, I what can you tell me generally where you're located in Arizona? Uh, we're in Northwest Gilbert, or 60 and, and Country Club. Okay. Um, I I would uh, uh, go to the website, rosellmouse.com. You'll find some great electricians there, the mighty electricians in your neighborhood, Fox Valley Electric. Uh, and, and call them out and have them kind of do an assessment of, of the property and how they would want to attack it. Do you, do you think this is going to include an upgrade to the electric service panel? Yes, yeah. I, okay. Right now, I think I think every the home was built in '95, and so I think that comes with 30 amp service. But I have a lot of enterprise uh, computer servers, and so I was really wanting a 100 amp service. Okay, um, so d- d- call the electricians on our website, and 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 I would I would tell you there's no reason to call more than one or two, and just get their opinion on how they would attack this particular project. Uh, from that point, uh, let's get an assessment of what will need to be done when they're finished. And and I think I can give you the name of one or two people that can just step in there and, and tidy it all up in no time at all. So it isn't a general contractor to oversee everything, but it's two very qualified people that you're not going to have to babysit or worry about that will get the job done. And that's going to save you some money. It's going to be done rosy right. Well, that's good. The the other question I had was, is it reasonable for me to want um, all of the existing wiring to literally physically be pulled out of the house and, and replaced with newer, you know, higher grade wiring? Or, or is that not really how things are done? Can you tell me the vintage of your home? 1995. Okay. Uh, well, it's not aluminum. <laughs> right. That, that's right. There, there should not be a reason to have to literally pull all the wiring out of your house and rerun it. Um, but again, I'd want an electrician to kind of disassemble some of your junction boxes, take a look at what you've got. As a matter of fact, one of the electricians I mentioned earlier, the mighty electricians, actually is called in on the back line, and maybe we can bring John into the conversation. And Alex, you and John can visit about, John, uh, did I catch you? Yeah. So John Alex wants a 1990 version home. He wants to pull all the wiring out. Um, would you have you ever found that to be necessary in a home 30 not years in old? 1990, not 
1995, no. I think what you would really need to do is address the circuits that are tripping and run new circuits. And okay. And and that's and that's something. Uh, these guys, uh, Alex, if you're increasing the service size from 200 amp to 400 amp, uh, and you can now have the capacity to break off some of these circuits, GFI protect the outside, make sure you've got a designated circuit for the microwave and things like that. These guys are magical right. in doing that. They really are. Okay. All right. All right. Well, the, and that, you said the John, your company is the Mighty Electrician. Yes. All right. I will definitely be giving you guys a call probably today or right after the call or whatever. <laughs> okay. Any other guidance, right. uh, John, for while I've got you, uh, that question um, so, be, being asked uh, might, might be on the mind of thousands of other listeners. What else would they need to know that I didn't cover? Well, like uh, for a panel, depending on what you're running and everything, that's what we would look at. Um, but we would just look at because – Homes nowadays, the biggest thing is is everybody bringing new things in. So a lot of homes at that point were wired, where bathrooms were all tied in together with a garage outlet, a back patio outlet, and it's typically like a 15-amp circuit. So then you have the issue of, oh, well, I'm blow-drying my hair. This is my fridge is going off in the garage. And that's where just coming up and breaking up circuits um, works the best in adding new circuitry into the homes and splitting up those type things. Um, and, and, and then. And, and Alex may be fearful that you've got to get in there and tear sheetrock apart and open up walls and things like that. Um, I've never, so then we, I've never been, I've never been at lack of amazement at what a trained electrician can do with a fish tape. <laughs> Yes. So there's times that we do have to open up walls because we physically can't get to uh, um, exterior wall because of the roof pitch or something that way. Um, or um, it being blocked and something stuck in there and then we have to figure out stuff. Yeah. So cause right. we're actually out of the job right now listening to you guys. We're rewiring the house and it's blocked. Okay. Um, okay. All right. Oh, okay. That's fun. <laughs> it was vandalized. Okay. So. <laughs> all right. But, um, well, but yeah, so th- those are those things that I would look at. Awesome. All right. That's John Bolenball from Mighty Electricians who happened to be listening to us while he was out on a job when Alex called in and wanted to know, what do I need to know about rewiring my 1995 home? Alex, we've got you paired up there, Arizona homeowners. We've got you prepared for all that. Uh, John Bolenbaugh, as well as anyone knows, when it comes to electric, Jennifer doesn't let me even get the tools out anymore. <laughs> let, let's go to Judy. She's got a drywall question. Man, I am a master drywaller. Good Actually, morning, Judy. That's Dave. Oh, Dave. My I'm bad. sorry. Okay. Mr. Dave. Hey, Rosie. Thanks for taking my call. You bet, bud. Hey, I, I live in Goodyear, okay. and I've got a house that was built in 2004. Okay. And about Six months ago, we noticed that some of the drywall mud is falling away from the tape in the garage. There's like a two-foot section and then on one line of tape, and then it'll go with four or five feet, and then like this eight-inch piece has dropped off. And okay. um, 
just on, on the seams. The tape isn't coming off. It's the dry, it's the mud itself coming off. And Dave, are you evap cooling this through the summer? No. Yeah. Okay. No, the garage is the garage is not insulated, and we okay. don't have a cooler in it. Okay. All right. Well. Uh, so it almost qualifies as like a carport. And I'll, t- and I'll tell you, when we hang sheetrock in a garage or a carport or a back patio ceiling, we don't use conventional drywall mud. We mix it in with, with actually an additive that makes it more like concrete. Is this a project you want to try and tackle yourself, or would you like me to give you the name of somebody who actually lives right in your neighborhood? We call him the drywall wizard. Well, <laughs> um, would he have to... Take all of the drywall off the seams off, or would he just patch what's coming down? He would he would take a look at why is it coming down first, and let's let's establish uh-huh. that, and then and then how much more can he expect it? I I will tell you that once he gets there and throws his old evil eye on it, he'll be able to tell you how much he does or doesn't have to take down. And then when he's right. and then when he's done, Dave, here's a trick about drywall that's not inside your house in air conditioned heated space. When I do drywall ceilings, we call them lids. When I do a drywall lid on a back patio or a carport or a garage, I take special special care in making sure it gets covered with two coats of 100% acrylic exterior paint. And then I go around and I caulk the outside edge of that ceiling where it meets the walls and any penetration. If you've got a crawl space hole going up into your attic, if you've got lights in the ceiling, any place that the edge of the sheetrock is exposed, I get in there and I caulk those. That's going to stop the sheetrock from absorbing the ambient humidity in the air and it will soak it up and then when it then it heats up and that moisture then comes out and it's much easier to come out the joints and the the mud starts falling off the tape starts delaminating and that's the problem so uh thompson drywall the drywall wizard you can find him at rosieonthehouse.com he'll do an analysis of what you got what's causing it get it fixed then make sure you get two coats of acrylic, 100% acrylic exterior paint, and then caulk all the edges that are exposed at every penetration and every place it meets an outside wall or a dissimilar material. There you go, Mr. Dave. That'll get you taken care of. That sheetrock done right, painted correctly, sealed up, is a 20-year surface inside an enclosed garage. We've got Jim has a black, a black, black. A backsplash question. <laughs> That's my way of looking. I don't know. No, it's a backsplash, backsplash. question. Okay. Actually, it's a good one, too. Okay. Do you, well, you want to take them now? You want to I think we can break? squeeze okay. Jim in here real quick. And that opens a line for you at one 767 4348 Miss Jennifer, you're pointing at me. Text us at 411923 as well. I've got the board open here. If you have a question, you want to come in on the bat line. Oh, okay. All right. Jim. Go ahead, Jim. Well, good morning, everybody. <clears throat> um, I'm going to put up a backsplash uh, tile um, behind the stove. And I was wondering, do I have to <clears throat> excuse me, scrape off the uh, paint on the wall first before I go gluing tile on it? Or should I even put up a backer board? What is there any four-inch backsplash there now? 
Yes. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah, from the counter. Okay. And what is that material? That's uh, the uh, uh, compressed quartz. Okay. All right. So the chances are that's a permanent countertop. It's not like plastic laminate that may need to be replaced every 10 or 15 years. This backsplash will never have to be redone once you're done. Right. Okay. Well, I would tell you there's a lot of ways to do it. Uh, you can you can uh, prime that wall and glue it directly. You can also staple up some wire and put a little uh, scratch and brown coat on and mastic the tile to that. Are you looking at at large sheets to kind of match the quartz, like slabs to put up there? Or are you looking like for tile, decorative tile? This is a decorative tile, some of it antique. <laughs> okay. Uh, nice. but And you have it on hand? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. And can you, is it four by four, six by six? About six by six. And we're going to run it from the top of the quartz four-inch backsplash to the bottom of the upper cabinets. Right. Okay. The fact that it's antique and probably of some intrinsic value, um, where, where in Arizona do you live? Uh, over in Mesa. Okay. I would tell you to get to one of the uh, tile wholesalers and and visit with them about the products they would recommend. Show them your product of what you're trying to put up. Um, I wouldn't trust going to a big box store. I wouldn't trust going to a hardware store. I would go to one of the tile wholesalers, Imperial Tile, Arizona Tile, Monarch Tile, uh, yeah, and, and even walk in to the contractor's pickup desk and, and show them pictures of what you want to do, show them the product you want to put up, and chances are you'll get a free little tutorial there for a few minutes. And or in the middle of the tutorial, you say, well, this tile might be worth a little bit too much for me to try and learn all of this I need to do to put it up. Would you have the name of someone? And uh, we can always help you with that as well. Jim, sounds like a cool project. We love it when our listeners take before and after pictures of what they're trying to do and let us know how in any way we were able to help. It's Rosie on the House. Hey, good hey. morning. Welcome back to Rosie on the House. So, that- we, before you start, yeah, we were talking about being out of town the last week. And uh-huh. we in D.C., we started that trip in New Orleans. And I just want to thank you publicly <laughs> for sitting through the LSU football game live in the stadium. Oh my gosh, Gary, I was so cold. It was 46 degrees, my gosh, but it was raining and it was windy. Yeah, that's right. And I I was wet. And and the Sunday newspaper in Baton Rouge headlines (laughs) were no sweat. (laughs) It was also the coldest. (laughs) It was the coldest recorded game in Death Valley in 30 years. So I just wanted to publicly, uh, about the start of the fourth quarter, Jennifer was thinking of a whole lot of other places she'd rather be. It was oh, cool. It was so It cool. was cool. Anyway. But, I looked but, like the most but, miserable one in the stadium. How long did it take to leave? Uh, well, by that point, the, by that point, the crowd had pretty well. Okay. We were we were one of the last holdouts. Be blessed that you have I ten in Phoenix, because right now in Baton Rouge, it's horrible. Ooh, 
Yeah. Yeah, it's horrible. It's going to take some time to fix. Well, back to home improvement. <laughs> yeah. So the last I couple, to, I <laughs> you're to welcome. Thank you, Bubba. You, you deserve stars in your crown for that one. I wouldn't deny your <laughs> wonderful Tiger Games, baby. Okay. So uh, the last couple weeks, we've been going through the 10 least asked questions that you probably should be asking. From our website, you can find that blog on our website or in your newsletter, and uh, there's a link to that those articles that will help you with those questions. But number, we're on number eight. Just covering these ten things on our website, you Arizona homeowners, pay attention to this. If you read them, read the answers, and study the links, when you make it your way through those ten, you're going to have a minor degree in home ownership and save some money and save us some serious cabbage. Okay, number eight. Number eight is, will a high-efficiency air filter restrict airflow? And this isn't just an air conditioning question. This is your whole AC heating unit. So the filters matter. It doesn't matter for evaporative cooling. But for central heating or cooling, doesn't matter on a mini split. But on central heating and cooling, the higher filtration, the higher, the better grade of filter you buy and install, the more it's going to restrict the airflow. So the equipment must be designed to handle it, and it's an easy way. Uh, uh, I would tell you, quit buying the 199 spun fiberglass cheap filters. Go ahead and spend $5 for the one-inch paper-pleated filters. Install it. It is going to do much more to improve the indoor air quality than what you're currently using, and it will do much more to protect some very expensive equipment. But... If when the unit comes on, it sounds like it's having an asthma attack. And it's it's whistling or can't breathe well. If it's noisier, I'm sorry, your equipment and your duct system is not designed for it. You're going to have to go back to the cheap junk. Yeah, and just change them oftener. The cheaper, the more oftener. Absolutely. Every time you pay your bill at least. So, yes, the higher efficiency air filters will restrict airflow. Be careful. Don't damage your equipment. Explained in detail on the website. Yes. Now, the next one. Budgeting for home maintenance. Okay, so Whew, that's changed a lot the last it has. few years. And one thing, one thing you always say is our memory is the worst thing we have when it comes to buying new things because we remember when things cost this or that. I've had quite a few uh, calls about people uh, upset that contractors, not just ours, contractors are charging trip charges. And I try to explain to them, co- you know, between the COVID mess and the supply mess and the labor mess. You know, if you want them to come to your home, you're going to have to pay a little bit. The cost of doing business today, I mean, it's just, it's its a very real, uh, I will tell you that Rosie Wright Remodeling will meet you free the first time. But after that, we're going to charge. Uh, budgeting for home maintenance. It's uh, mind-boggling. I had a client tell me the other day, I gave him an estimate for a kitchen repair. He looked at me, he said, you're insane. <laughs> I bought this house in 1972. For half that much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you probably Mem- did. Memory's your enemy. <laughs> you probably did. <laughs>